You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, as always, with your host here, Jeff Floyd, um, for daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Guys, obviously, this weekend has been a huge, huge um, focus on everything that's going on in Indy with the NFL Combine. Um, today, uh, look, we got to talk about my day yesterday, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks. Today we get to talk about Pete's Day. Uh, it started off maybe with a little bit of a, you know, a black teardrop as uh, Ed Oliver was only kind enough to just jump today and nothing else. But we're going to get into it, whether it was the interior defensive line, whether it was the uh, edge rushers, pass rushers, whether it was the linebackers. I mean, it's it's insane, and we keep saying it more and more year and year. Well, can you believe a guy is this tall, weighs this much, and he runs this fast? Um, we have a six-foot, almost six 260-pound defensive end running 40s today in the realms of Odell Beckham Jr. We have a 303-pound uh, interior defensive tackle, and he is running in the 4.8s. My God, uh, the linebackers blazed it up. I mean, almost every guy from you know uh, Combine Jersey 1 through 41, these guys all ran stinking well. So we're going to get into all of this here Uh you know, we'll give you our Browns focus as well. But uh, NFL spin zone, Pete Smith. Um, Pete, look, your boy Ed didn't do much today. Uh, you know, at this point, he didn't need to. But what he did do, knocked it out the park, continuing the realm for Mr. Ed Oliver. Yes, he jumped uh, jumped far, jumped high. Uh, you know, I, it, it's always pre- preferable to have, you know, a guy do everything, especially when these guys, like, make noises like they're going to do everything. Like, that's the thing that bothers you. But it's, you know, it's whatever. We'll get it. Um, I'm not worried that he's going to be unathletic, which makes it weird that he's not doing everything. But it is what it is. Queen, Queen Williams, I mean, look, it, he shouldn't get past one. No, I mean, you know, you you had talked about this for Quinn and Williams when we were going into this weekend. If for Quinn and Williams, it was about solidifying your fact as the best overall player in this draft. Deal done. done. Did the damn yeah. thing. There's no, no doubt about it. Um now, interior, obviously, we would wish we could have seen more, uh, you know, from Ed, but you know, some other guys. But there were some highlights here, and this was one thing. I mean, there wasn't – I mean, if you wanted to look for negatives today, I mean, you could be in and out in 10 minutes on guys who pretty much had a negative day. But for the most part, what was supposed to be a really, really great group, at least as far as the front seven, you were higher on the linebacking crew. We're going to get to that. But as far as the front seven, I mean, it just went on and on guy after guy today. Right, so the two big guys that had to deliver, uh, Rashawn Gary and and Nick Bosa, you know, did for the most part. I mean, it was and almost, like, and this was the thing. Hey, Nick Bosa, nice to see you again. Like, I mean, because it seems like it's only been a few short months, but you know, once you get into draft mode, those months seem like they're two to three months at a time. And it was like, oh, hey, Nick Bosa, there you are. Yeah, he he. Certain things he did better than his brother. Certain things like the three cone, he didn't do as well. But overall, very good. Rashawn Gary. Like, this is his whole case. You know, I'm a freak, and he proved it. He's a freak. I mean, I don't know what, what that means. I don't know what that changes. I, I, I don't still don't really... know if that defines where you're going to play him. Right. <laughs> Honestly, I still think he's better suited to be, you know, a three technique. But, you know, when Ed Oliver, you know, as Jim Coburn pointed out, when Ed Oliver was, wasn't sure if he was, you know, 280, you know, he was too small to be a three tech. Uh, Rashawn Gary 277 is apparently big enough to be a three tech. It's one of the six. Um, pick and choose, pick and choose. Right. So, you know, mo- both the 
guys are probably going to go in the top 10, uh, potentially the top five, whether you believe they deserve to go in the top five. That's a different question. But, you know, as far as, you know, the Browns are concerned, neither one's in the conversation. So getting those guys off the board does nothing but do what you want to do anyway. And that's the thing. Let's get these dominoes just dropped as far as when the draft comes down. And, you know, look at it, guys, and you know, look at it 17 deep. And, you know, if you want you know, even make the list 20 to 25, there's going to be some guys there because we're not going to have quarterback and they're going to go and, you know, whether it's, you know, somebody wants to pull the Josh Jacobs card, by all means. If you want to do it before pick 17, knock yourself out. Wide receiver, DK Metcalf, go ahead. Knock yourself out and do everything you can to where you can get one of these impact guys at 17. Whether maybe now it's maybe looking a little more possible on the, you know, the edge pass rusher side, maybe as opposed to the interior who knows? I mean, I, I don't, you know, some guys just really just skyrocketed themselves to maybe be in that 16, and obviously we're going to be, you know, at the 17 and later buffet. Um, but Pete, it just, it was, it, it was a, it just, it's fascinating because the younger they are, the more athletic, the more physical, the more built, the better they can jump, and it just, it almost seems unfair. Right, I mean... The thing is, like a guy like Good Josh Allen felt like he got lost today because mm-hmm. he's he's so great. At, but there's so many things going on that, like, obviously, you know, as with DK Metcalf, the forty and, and running a four for one at two hundred sixty pounds, you know, that took over. It was almost like Josh Allen wasn't there. But Josh Allen did, you know, everything but the vertical jump, and he was great. Uh, like it did nothing but confirm. In fact, if you're you know if you're comparing him to Nick Bosa because they are the same size, which is still hard to fathom. Um, you know, Josh Allen's more athletic. And then you combine that with the fact that Josh Allen had an outstanding year. To me, again, going off what I can prove, Josh Allen would be the pick between those two. But I understand why somebody may very well take Nick Bosa before him. Uh, the talent, you can see it, but there's at least – Seemingly to be far less risk with Josh Allen. So, you know, how does that fall? And then Montez Sweat. You know, I, I still believe that people have been low on him. You know, obviously, we put him forth. I put him forth in the mock draft. I, I don't know if I really believed he was quite that good, but I didn't think he was a fringe top 10 guy. And he did nothing but make that a more real conversation because Pro Bowl production guy who then tests better than – you know, NFL Network showed it, but, you know, when we get the brass tacks of this, he's the same size and a more athletic Jadavian Clowney. They don't play the same way, but, you know, that's a really hard thing not to sort of notice that Jadavian Clowney was the first overall pick, didn't have the hips and the balance that Montez Sweat has, and Montez Sweat was, you know, a dominant player. It wasn't, you know, didn't have quite the production of guys like Ed Oliver and Quinn and Williams and, and, and Josh, uh, Josh Allen, but certainly a very, very good year. So, you know, that becomes a good conversation when you're looking at teams like the lions and the Raiders and those teams that all really look like they need edge guys, you know, these could go fast. And then you add in the quarterback stuff, you know, then maybe one of these guys like a Montez Witt sneaks out of the top 10 and then, you know, does a team like the Browns or somebody else swoop in to go get a guy like that? Or, 
somebody's going to fall in that scenario, and and it may not be a defensive tackle like we'd all like to address that three technique, but it may well be a really really talented edge rusher across from Miles Garrett. Yeah, um, we're going to continue just with a couple of the interior guys here, and these are guys we have focused on. Uh, Jerry Tillery under a five forty. Um, Kalen Saunders, a guy we've talked a lot. Now, Kalen Saunders, it's no longer a feel-good story about, you know, what he went through and, you know, wife pregnant, you know, uh, giving birth while he's at the Senior Bowl. All that stuff's out the window. This dude's legit. And, uh, you know, Tillery, obviously, the question's going to remain on, you know, how long he's going to be, you know, watching 2019. But, I mean, big dudes, agile. I mean, in Saunders at 324, Running, you know, a, a little bit over five. I mean, it just takes you back, Pete. Yeah, um, frustrating that the the labrums and injury issue. Somebody's going to have to make that decision. Personally, I, you know, I'm not a doctor, not a, just certainly not a surgeon, and I certainly, even if I was those things, I don't have access to his medical records. Didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. And and that stuff, but but when you're talking about a surgery like that, my inclination is to say you're out for the season. Not only are you missing all that camp and stuff, you are then coming back from an injury where you know it, you know if, knees and shoulders and those things, those are what you make your living on, and you don't want to rush those things, and you don't want to put it in a situation where a guy is potentially favoring one side and then overcompensates and develops an injury on the other side or he's worried about it and he's not where he needs to be and you're trying to make a playoff push and all these things and you you end up rushing a guy because you need help or whatever to me that's immediately you shut him down so where do you take that that becomes the question whether it's that you know 49th pick or is it the third round and and you know I don't know how John Dorsey sort of views that thing because typically, if you look at this, and, and we've messed around with this on Twitter and some other things, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Jalen Smith, and Jalen Smith is a great linebacker. But the guys that went after Jalen Smith are guys like Chris Jones, guys like Xavier Howard. I mean, obviously, Joe Schobert went 99th pick in that in that draft. Who would you rather have? The guy, you know, and obviously you have to hit those picks, which. By the way, the injury has an inherent risk that's not going to be right, like a Shaq Lawson type situation where he, he gets drafted after they discover the torn labrum. He has a surgery. He goes in the first round, and we haven't heard from him since. But even if he comes back, is it year two and year three? Like it, Jalen Smith's obviously a more significant deal. But are you passing up a guy who helps you right now? Uh, and, in, you know, in hindsight, you'd still rather have and obviously this is a little bit of a different discussion because of the position premium, but Chris Jones, you'd rather have Chris Jones than, than Jalen Smith. You'd rather have Xavier Howard than, than Jalen Smith. And that becomes, you know, another part of this, that whole opportunity cost of what are you giving up to basically take a guy who's not going to play this year. And again, you watch Jerry Tillery running around today. I did not think he'd do quite that well. He was really impressive and he moves really well and he's got that enormous frame and he's, you know, just a hair under 300 pounds. It looks like he could easily add weight. And the kid's apparently brilliant and, and cultured and all these other things. And, you know, they had the, the – what I actually really like this. I give credit to NFL Network having the discussion about, you know, uh, the guys who are quote-unquote too smart or have options and stuff. But, yeah, he, he certainly makes you sit there and go, man, 
but it's you know that's that whole thing. I just wish you could you know somebody could basically go in there magically fix his shoulder, and then suddenly you're not not only are you talking about a guy 49 and up, you're sitting there going you know a healthy Jerry Tillery with everything he's done, maybe he's the guy you take at 17. Yep, and this is the things we talked about because I mean you know, long and lean and able to move and. You know, even though he's on the interior, you know, you're not going to beat him to, you know, to the tackles. I mean, as long as he gets the push off that he can. But, you know, obviously, you know, it, it comes with some pause and some hesitation. And he's a guy you, you know, there's, it's not an expiration date. It's a when are you right by date with Jerry Tillery. But uh, Kalen Saunders, it, it just continues to be a fun story, Pete. It does. It, it Good kid. You know, hard not to root for with everything that's going on. But, you know, you know, low five ones at 324. Yeah, the backflips, and we keep going back to this. The backflips are a great story, but, you know, obviously this kid is as athletic as, you know, anything in, you know, out of a small, small school. Right. Um, <laughs> with Galen Saunders, you're sitting there and you're watching him, and you're like, a butterball shouldn't be able to move like that. Uh-huh. Because he's got that spare tire and he's like rocking it as he flies down the track and stuff. He's just, you know, he's just fun. I wish his Western Illinois production was a little bit better, but yeah, he's gonna have a, you know, you're you're gonna have to have a conversation about that. A five oh one at that. Um, I think, you know, the, I think the bigger issue when it comes to a team like the Browns is where do you put him? Are you really gonna say, you know, that he's the three next to Larry Ogunjobi? Are you gonna reevaluate where you put a guy like Larry Ogunjobi? Are you basically gonna say Larry Ogunjobi and Kalen Saunders are our rotation? Um, but yeah, I mean, his testing, his agility is even impressive. It, like a seven five seven three cone at three hundred and twenty four pounds is stupid. Like that's not, you know, th- those aren't the numbers you you expect to see happen like that. So yeah, he's going to be continuing continuing to be a fascinating small school guy, and he certainly has an opportunity to be you know one of the the earliest, if not the earliest, FCS guys uh, to get picked in this class, and and certainly. You know, the story and everything with him at the Senior Bowl and continuing does not hurt him. Uh, he becomes, you know, an easy player to sort of talk yourself into from that side. Yeah, and it's and the other thing is because it, it's not like he's six foot five. You know, I mean, he's, you know, almost six foot one and carrying around this kind of, you know, the, the Popeye beer gut and it just moves really well. And uh, I, I guess we can't let it go. Um, you know, we've get, had some fun with, uh, you know, Lawrence here from Clemson. But uh, whew, there's another one. Uh, you put up the numbers he did at 3:42. Yeah, um, it just sucks. Like it's don't give, it's outstanding to be 6'4", 342 pounds, and run a 505. Unfortunately, immediately pulls up with a quad. And like, I'm not for a second suggesting that's not legit. I fully expect he he, he hurt himself. The issue is like, you know. That can easily happen when you're that big and you can move that fast. Like that's crazy. The the question you come back with on Dexter Lawrence is why didn't this consistently show up? You know, clearly athletically gifted. Unfortunately, you know, other than that, the bench we got nothing to go on. But you know, even if you just say the 505 is outstanding, and it is, like you're still sitting there going, why am I? Why did I not see this at Clemson for three years? Why am I sort of coming to this be a surprise uh, that he's this good? It's not a question that he was, you know, an athletic guy at Clemson. That's why he's at Clemson. They've been able to roll in these defensive linemen that are all outstanding. But 
of the of the defensive lineman there, he's the least productive of that group, which is unfortunate. And certainly, you're going to sit there and go, "Well, yeah, he's a, he's a nose. He should be productive." But even nose tackles that are great in the NFL were really productive college players, and that's where you get into that problem. And you know, like a guy like. Uh, Greg Gaines of Washington uh, tested pretty well for, the, for today. Uh, he has really good production at Washington. Like that's that's the problem when you run into that. And obviously, Danny Shelton, you know, had that awful forty, which is helping to explain why he hasn't reached higher peaks than he than uh, people people thought he would, including myself when he came out. But his production was outstanding. He had like you know double digit sacks uh, in college. You want to see dominance from guys and we didn't see that from Lawrence other than like his best numbers are from his freshman year. So interesting player personally, uh, you know, I'm sitting here, if I'm the Browns, I'm looking at a guy to sign a guy like Mike Pinnell or Danny yep. Shelton, or I'm drafting guys like, uh, like Gain, Greg Gaines, or, you know, even a guy like if, if you think he can actually hold up a nose, a guy like Rennell Wren, who had a nice day himself. Yes, he did. Um, and he does this well. Uh, the game film isn't what you hoped it to be, but you know whether it was Mobile and whether it was the first step or whether it was the athleticism today, uh, he's a guy I keep coming back to. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 what you want to come out with for this thing. And, and uh, you know, so I hate to sound like we're just beating up on Dexter Lawrence, but I, I, I don't see where you're possibly going to get first-round value out of him. And unfortunately... Well, that's the thing, because what he's done screams it, but you know everybody else in Clemson kind of did their thing, whereas he didn't. Right. But, I mean, it's and it's one of those things where, and, and God knows I fall into this trap, uh, is projecting nose tackles to go super high, and then we're sitting there on day three, and they're still there, because ultimately you know the NFL came to the conclusion that they couldn't do anything else. And, you know, good players end up going in the fourth round and they and they do exactly what you want. Like a guy, I don't remember where Deron Payne went, but he, he jumps out at me as an example. Uh, you know, some of these guys who are pure nose tackles that wait around, get drafted later, do everything, you you know, these guys thought they were going to do, but they just don't get that first round call, call like some would hope. Yeah, and you think about it today, in the, and, you know, within the NFL, uh, one of the best, uh, Desmond Harrison, who was... No, I mean, he was not much even thought of during the draft process. Um, guys, uh, your Locked On Browns Day 3 Combine uh, uh, review uh, interior defensive linemen. Eh, we're going to get to the edge guys. We're going to get to the linebackers. Um, you know, fun day here, um, and it's just crazy and sick. And you see guys like Eric Ebron who tweets out, i got to stop eating the honey buns because these guys are going to be chasing me down. It just goes to show that the whole league – uh, kind of puts into and checks out on this. So iTunes, rating reviews, guys. Go on and over. Drop me a five-star written review for Lockdown Browns right now, guys. Appreciate that. Pete, so now we get it down to the edge rushers. And uh, I, I guess we'll start with this. We'll start with the negative on this one. Um, it is Chikai Polite, and it's great now to know the appropriate way to say your name. But, I mean, you want to talk about a little bit of a toilet bowl weekend. Chikai Polite. Yeah, it kind of, it, it did not go well. It did not go well at all. Yeah, um, you know, even just now, Matt Miller's tweeting something about he opened just opened his phone after getting off the plane, and, and there's a bunch of scouts texting him negative things. Um, 
what we know from public, this you know, not from quote unquote anonymous scouts, is uh, apparently he did not take well uh, to questions about his game. Uh, In the negative li- light. <laughs> yes, he, he apparently liked the the one interview he had with the team because they they brought up the least amount of questions about his negative, you know, from a negative standpoint. Um, he apparently told, you know, these, this was in plain view. His yep. agent has some questions to answer, by the way. Um, he apparently told somebody in plain view that he, he doesn't watch his own tape, which is mind-boggling. Uh, and then, you know, there are a lot of people, myself included, who are sitting there going, he pulls, pulls up after the 4-8, most people believe he saw the 4-8, then decided he was done. It None of that looks good. And and by the way, this is certainly not the first player who's done it. Oh, um, no, 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 no. Uh, famously, my favorite is Ray Maluga, who ran, started running slow. And then about the 35-yard yep. mark just said, nope, and started pulling on his leg. Um, but, yeah, it, it, again, this is one of those things. And it's a long week, and you get tired, and, you know – which is part of what you know people say the combine is for quote unquote exposing weakness uh, but it just seems like they found a lot with Jakai polite you know whether this is going to ha- have him tumble all the way out of the first round hard to say but nothing he did this weekend seems to have gone well for him uh, so where where are you left with that? Yeah, well, I mean, and the other thing is, you know, don't run away and hide. I mean, look, I mean, you know, granted, your time was, it was bad. It was bad compared to the other guys running today. But do everything you can, you know, go knock out some drills, do something. And this is the biggest thing with this entire weekend. And look, I mean, everybody knows the emotions. I mean, you see Devin White, you know, talking to his mother after his first 40, crying his eyes out. Everybody knows what these guys got at stake. But, I mean, you know, to just, you know wave the white flag and basically run away and hide, That's it's it's always going to do a million times more harm than it is going to do good. Um, Pete, my guy Brian Burns, uh, can he weigh closer to 250? Yes, weigh closer to 250. Can he still test very well? Yeah. Can he still look really good in drills? Yeah. Brian Burns, quite a weekend. The uh, If you want to pull the opposite of the polite, that would be Brian Burns. Right, uh... I don't know why he didn't do his bench press uh, and he didn't do the shuttle, whatever. Um, you know, I'd like to see a shuttle time. He did everything, you know, you wanted to do. In fact, I was surprised by the 701 three cone drill, which, by the way, is a very good time. Yes. But when I saw him in drills and how silky smooth his hips were when they were trying to, like, you know, make him open up and flip, I thought he would be, you know, 6'9, 6'8 something. He just looked so natural in that standpoint. And at one point, I did bust your balls a little bit and send you a, a DM that said he should be should have been quarterback at Florida State since they can't find any. Um, well, and yeah, it still doesn't matter. There was no offensive line, Pete, but that's okay. <laughs> look, if you, you put your best player back there, maybe maybe they would have done better. But yes, he, <laughs> not only does he not only was he fast, uh, which is great. He's got length. Uh, so he's not just a fast guy. And that was, you know, if, if you were going to compare him and, and Pol- Ja'Kai Polite, he was always going to have a natural advantage because Polite was in that 6'2 range. Brian Burns is a legit 6'5". Like that's was going to be an advantage for him anyway. 
and, and if you're talking about can he get around the edge, not only does he have the hips and the balance you want and the speed you want, but he's also got the length where he can really close the deal, you know, rip, dip and rip type deal. He he crushed it. So if you're trying to talk about and, and you know, what this is what makes it fascinating is because, you know, coming in, we all thought Josh Allen was going to be sort of in this camp. And then he shows up wearing 263 or whatever. The Brian Burns becomes that like the preeminent, true, you know, off ball uh, rush backer that, you know, true t- three, four teams want to want to grab. So you immediately go, you know, is Green Bay at 12 going to grab him? Because, you know, that's the type of thing they do where, you know, do they take him to basically be the heir apparent to Clay Matthews and, and maybe even Nick Perry? Uh, he becomes, you know, a huge opportunity but yeah he maybe he lasts as long as 25 i don't think it's likely but i I, you know 12 could be the sweet spot for him he did everything you know you wanted to see gain weight and and look good in the weight yeah and you know polite had been a popular name to green bay at 12 why don't you get the guy without the issues the guy who tested his ass off if you're green bay and just go ahead and you know pencil i mean pen in brian uh brian burns there at 12 um, just a little more sweat, Bosa. I mean, I guess we're talking, you know, between Josh Allen, you're talking what, maybe four minimum top 15. And this is just pass rushers. These aren't even the interior defensive line guys. Right. You, you have to think we're looking at at least four of those before the Browns even think about picking. Uh, that doesn't, you know, account for somebody slipping, but it pushes other guys down and, and certainly, you know, there's no shortage of guys. Even even guys that maybe were off the beaten path a little bit showed up and did really really well today. But yeah, those it, at this point it, it it's basically just preference. You know, does the team prefer uh, Josh Allen or do they prefer Nick Bosa? It may be entirely stylistic at this point. Uh, and then you add in a guy like Sweat and then Burns. You know, I, I think we have a good sense of what type of team is going to want him. The other guys, you know, it's a little bit of a, a toss-up. Yeah, and I mean, guys, if Sweat somehow, some way, were to be at 17, could you imagine putting Miles Garrett and his athleticism on one end, and Montez Sweat and his four-four-two and his length and everything else he brings to the table on the other end? It's a crazy thought, guys. It's it, it's a fun thought. It's it's a real fun thought. Pete, uh, you mentioned a couple of the also rans. I mean, obviously, you know, the edge class was kind of. S- mentioned with just, you know, three to four guys. Uh, just mention a name or two on those also-ran guys who kind of caught the attention today. Well, Ben Banigou from yep. TCU <laughs> is a freak. I mean, I think he... I that party's, think that party's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think it was a surprise that he tested really well. Um, you know, he, he... You can argue that he maybe even exceeded expectations. I, you know, he's raw. He just is, but but in terms of production, in terms of the athletic traits uh, that he showed, not just like me sh- saying it, he, he's the type of guy where you're sitting there going, a little bit in this category of guys who aren't really super polished, but you're sitting there going, I will teach that guy how to play football. Um, that's where he's at. But a, a guy I'd really like coming in, Max Crosby from ECU, or e, uh, yeah, e, the Emus, Eastern Michigan, yep. had a great, great day. I don't, I don't know many, much of anyone who even mentioned this guy, 
uh, before he got here, and he was outstanding. He had a six eight nine three cone. <laughs> I know Coburn was on him. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, Jeff Risden always on the mat, guys. Uh, he he was outstanding. The kid who surprised me uh, of this group was Justin Tollins of Oregon because I thought J- I thought Jalen Jelks might be the guy who comes in because he's a sleek looking pass rusher. And they basically tested opposite. Com- I was completely backward on this. I thought uh, Hans was going to test like Jelks and Jelks was going to test like Hans. Justin Hans is very light. If you're sitting there going, I want sort of a linebackery type edge rusher, he's in that same mold as, as him. But, I mean, Brian Burns, he's in that same group, athletically very similar, uh, has good production. You know, the tape's not – quite the level that uh that a guy like brian burns is but you know that that's a guy you're certainly going to go back and watch more of because he does have real skill set and and adds into a very talented uh talented group trying to think is there any oh sutton smith's the other one if you want a super super small gonna be a linebacker i mean he's gonna be yep a full-time linebacker is just a question of what else you want him to do. He's 233 pounds. Uh, another guy who's bendy. Uh, and he went out there. I mean, he he blew up everything, but you just look at him and it's just like, wow, you are severely undersized compared to the guys you're competing against. But, I mean, everything he did, it was fluid. It was clean. It was crisp and quick. Yeah. I mean, and he had the best three-cone, of, I think, of anybody, uh, six seven five, which is – He's going to make a hell of a linebacker. Is, <laughs> right. So, I mean, he's he's what you want. So now it's a question of what else do you think he can do? You know, if he is great and you can make that conversion, then you get a real value there and that he adds one more element. Uh, that, 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 that becomes another great prospect. That he, And I know people were in on him. He, he obviously showed up to the Senior Bowl uh, late. Nice player, but just adds another guy. And then I can't go without mentioning because I didn't expect this to happen. Uh, another kid uh, from Northeast Ohio, Blazing Speed, Canton this time, Jamal Davis from My Akron Zips, did everything. I you know tested great across the board. Has has good production at Akron. So he and you know he and uh, Max Crosby are sort of in this mix of being these very athletic. Edge rusher guys, Mac Crosby has substantially more length, a little more size, uh, so he's probably you know a safer bet. Whereas Jamal, Jamal is a, a, a little shorter, a little lighter, and a, a more closer to Sutton Smith uh, of those two. So yeah, I mean you had a lot of guys test really, really well. It, it was you know the edge group was fun, and it's just just deeper and deeper, and you know everybody who says that you know maybe this is a you know, front, you know, front four defensive draft. Yeah, I mean, I, they came out and they certainly left their mark today, um, guys. Whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Twitter, locked on NFL Net, um, on both social media accounts, um, everything from every NFL show, team specific, fantasy draft, whatever, funneled through all those accounts. So locked on NFL Net on Twitter, on Instagram, guys. If you're not following over there, please go ahead and take care of that for me right now. Pete, we got to the linebacker group, and that's where, I mean, to use a old, outdated term, it just went off from there. 
Um, whether, I mean, I guess we'll start with what were the, you know, it, it, it feels so weird. Look, Josh Allen, we've praised, we know who he is. It felt weird that he was running with this group. Um, because I think everybody kind of universally thinks that he's not going to be viewed from years forward with this group. But the Devin show, whether it was Bush, whether it was White, both these guys got it going and they got it going early. Yeah, it was, it was basically, you know, you know, punch for punch. They were just even the whole day. I, I, you know, Bush got, or, yeah, Bush got White in a couple of events. White got Bush in a couple of events and really, you know, I, th- I think if you came into this combine uh, thinking Devin White was better than Devin Bush, nothing you saw today changes that. If you thought Devin Bush was better than Devin White, as one of the people on this podcast thinks, uh, then you saw nothing that would change your mind on that. They both were outstanding athletic uh, linebackers. Uh, safe bet, but both are going to go in the first round. It's just a question of how high. Are the Steelers the first team that's going to take one of these guys? Is somebody else going to be a bit of a surprise? Are the Browns going to be a surprise and take a guy like Devin Bush to match with Joe Schobert? I tend to doubt it, given John Dorsey's track record. But if they did, you know, I, I could certainly understand the thought process there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those two were just everything you wanted. And, and I suppose Devin Bush – had a little more in terms of just the fact that he came in with the the came in heavier and was great. Uh, he answered the question: Was he going to be too light? Devin White was sort of just as advertised. So if you're going to score it that way, I suppose Devin Bush gained a little bit just because he came in with something people didn't know he had and and showed it off. Yeah, and with White, I'm sorry, with Bush, and here was the fun part today, guys. Um. I've mentioned I've I, you know I, I know Devin Bush's father, um, actually a guy I love, uh, you know as a far former Florida State guy, we've talked for years, so it was cool today, Ex- uh, you know cha- exchanging messages while this was going on, and you know Devin the thing was you know really good linebacker, uh, you know a little bit undersized, maybe not as athletic, uh, forty inch vert, uh, runs a four four three official uh, to the four four two for Devin White. So that stuff was knocked out the window, and it was also nice to have you know Devin Bush Senior say, "Well, I ran a better 40. So you know, Pop's still going to get to hold that one. You know, I mean Devin Bush is probably going to sign a contract, his first contract for more money than his father ever made in the NFL. But Devin Bush Senior can always sit down and say, "Yeah, well, when it came down to the 40 time at the NFL Combine, when the money was on the line, I was better, son. I was better." Um, but it just in now to not get too much past these guys and look, I mean, they firmly established themselves and entrenched themselves as one in two probably in this group. I don't want to put Josh Allen here because I don't think that's what he's going to be in the NFL. But Pete, the rest of these guys, man, it was just a steady stream of whether it was you know low four fives, mid four fives, uh, the kid from Texas, or you know just you know four mid four sixes, which is fantastic for linebackers. It just seemed guy after guy, man. They were just blazing all day. Yeah, uh, Gary Johnson. It's funny. He he ran the you know the four four three, which was you know. Yeah, he tied with Bush for the second best. Yep. And then he runs a four five seven shuttle. Like uh, it just always you know, goes back to the Lou Holtz thing about uh, Bumblebee shouldn't be able to fly. His body's too his body's too wide, fat, and his wings are too small. Like that always makes me think of that when a guy runs can run uh, twenty yard can't run twenty yards faster than he can run forty yards. Um, Blake Cashman did not yes. see this coming. 
Did not right. see it coming. Production was there. He's certainly a guy I had my eye on. Uh, obviously, uh, it goes to show what somebody looks like when they're healthy. Right. It, obviously, a guy Stephen Thomas was on too. Uh, you know, the question with him beyond the testing, which he crushed uh, at a good size, is how are his shoulders? Uh, you know, he had surgery on both of them. Uh, is the combine going to come back and you know? Red flag, flag either yep. of those, or or is an individual team going to flag those? You know, you hope for the best. He did everything, you know, he was hoping to do. He was great. Um, Jermaine Pratt from NC State, pretty productive guy. I mean, the other, the other guy I did not expect to be this good, and part of it was because he was so light uh, when he played. Is is Ben Burkirvan from? Washington. Oh my God! Yeah, he was. He he kind of reminded me uh, from the linebacker group. He was the Sutton Smith. Of the edge group. It seemed like the two of them a little bit smaller, but they just banged out everything. So, yeah, he, he measured in six foot to 30. His production at Washington is out of this world. Uh, you know, he, he protected. He was just allowed to fly around and make plays. And, you know, you, you get to the testing, and I, I suppose you shouldn't be surprised. Four, five, six, uh, 40, six, eight, five, three cone. I mean, everything is great. Like, he was just outstanding across the board. And, you know... It's one of those things where you, you, you want to smack yourself in the, in the head because you're sitting there going, of course he's you know a great athlete. Why shouldn't he be at a, at a, a nice program like Washington and, and all this production? But, yeah, he's one where now you're, you're going to have to go back and go, what did I miss in watching this? Uh, but, yeah, now, now he becomes a guy that potentially becomes an option at that Will linebacker thing because even though he was t- technically a Mike – at Washington, really, he was doing a lot of will stuff. They have a bunch of big hoss uh, defensive linemen protecting him and just sort of letting him run around and, and make tackles, which is what he'd be asked to here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy who, again, this is what makes the combine great. Are, are guys that make you go, how did I miss this? Or awesome that this guy's, you know, a great surprise as opposed to the other way where you have guys who just like, you know, shit the bed. <laughs> um, there's just no way around that, obviously, because you know, if you want to say you pulled a polite, you pulled a polite. Um, but there were other guys. Uh, Pete, the uh, Josh Allen's running mate from uh, Kentucky, Jones. Um, whether it was your kid from B- BYU, uh, Drew Drank- Tranquil from Notre Dame, just was just an absolute you know energizer bunny type of guy. And then you throw in a guy like Porter Gustin uh, from the Viking from USC. Who's probably going to go more the Josh Allen route, where these are probably the last day he's ever going to do these type of linebacker drills? But it just went on and on and on. Right. Uh, the guy that Porter Gustin reminds me of is Alex Anzalone. Uh, when he came out of Florida, he uh, had had just a just a mess of injuries at his time at Florida, and he comes to the Senior Bowl. And he gets there, and you're like, wow, who is this kid? Because he was outstanding all week. And he tested great, uh, and it was just a question of, you know, were the injuries going to kill him? And uh, it's the same deal with Port Augustine. Like, obviously, this was a a super highly recruited kid, as was Anzalone. Ends up at USC, has a bunch of injuries, worked hard appears to be through it hopefully and then tested great and it, it may be the same situation Anzalone ended up being a third round pick to the Saints you know it, it's not sh- wouldn't be shocking if, if a team falls in love with a guy like Porter Gustin in that same range because he's a 
big, strong body who, who's got pretty good range and will hit you. No doubt. Um, then your your kid from BYU, and then you know the sleepers Jones and Tranquil. It was it was just fun to see all these kids today. Right. So uh, Sean uh, Taki Taki for BYU was really and, good. And, in ter- that was the worst pun of the day. And you know what happens if he gets two sacks on Sunday? Taki Taki Tuesday. That was a bad one, guys. They're trying too hard in that booth. Yeah. Well, part of it is you get to this day and they're feeling a little punchy, and it yep. just starts. It was it nice having all- Mayock in there, though, for a little bit, just to so, just give you a little realm of what it used to be. So it becomes like it's it, I, and I enjoy punchy Eisen because occasionally it works out. But yeah, there's a couple uh-huh. where you just like you get those. Yee. But uh, Taki Taki, uh, very impressive, explosion wise, his agility sort of confirmed what you saw on tape. He's a explosive, powerful punch guy. He played a similar role as as Joe Schobert did at Wisconsin, where he was like a Sam linebacker slash edge rusher type who would occasionally drop into being coverage guy. And Joe Schobert was much more comfortable in coverage than Taki Taki was. But at the same time, you see Taki Taki in a couple of these games where he's like where they schemed him to be more of a Mike backer, and and when he when he can just diagnose and, and attack at an angle. He's he's really impressive. Like he'll he'll hit a block with some power and and disrupt things. Um, he's not a guy who's going to be a change of direction guy. So if you're trying to get you know you know if, if the Browns decide for example that Jannard Avery is nothing but a pass rusher, we're not going to bother with him, and they want a guy who can potentially come in and be a two down sandbacker, even if you want a run down sandbacker since two down is even true anymore. Then a, a guy like Taki Taki might fit that, and he's got a little pass rush ability for, you know, Steve Wilkes, who says he wants to stay aggressive. So he's uh, a guy that becomes interesting in that facet. Yes, and um, you know, you brought up Jermaine Pratt with the absolute catch of the day, and even after further review, still seemed that he had it. Um, just, it, it, just amazing. And this is you know what you see now. And look, the way this the offense is going in the NFL. You're going to need to get more athletic at every spot with on with with your defensive unit, and today's group and in this draft class is going to bring those guys that hopefully can at least you know hopefully go toe to toe. I mean the scheming and stuff like that. You know a lot of times is going to win just based on it, but you at least want the athletes out there to try to compete for it, and that's what we saw. Um, Pete, before we get to tomorrow, um, I know I've got my guy who I've got. You know, highlighted push pin for tomorrow and Mr. Justin Lane. Give me a name or two tomorrow as we uh, close this out secondary wise that you're looking forward to. Well, the guy I'm, I'm just curious to see what he can do at his size is Juwan Williams from Vanderbilt. Uh, I think he's still 20 years old. He came in at like 6'3. I think uh, I, I think you're short. I mean, it seemed like it was closer to 6'4, but go ahead. Yeah, but he and he's rocked up. Uh, powerful hits like guy. Line, hits like a linebacker. Yes, he's also a little grabby, uh, which would be an adjustment for him. But he, you know, very productive, just like Justin Lane. They're sort of similar in that mold. They've become very interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is, you know, obviously the, the, the obvious ones are Byron Murphy and Greedy Williams and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the, I guess Lucas Dennis, if we're just talking safeties and stuff, okay. him, and, him and Saquon Hampton are the guys that, I want to see if they can back it up because the production is he great. He always loves his Jersey boys. Apparently. Uh, I, look, <laughs> I'm always trying to get help these guys get out. Um, and But, yeah, Saquon Hampton, a really productive free safety prospect out of Rutgers. 
And then Lucas Dennis was a really nice player. And and what I like what you like about Lucas Dennis is in a world where the Browns, you know, let's say they sign uh, Body Calhoun to a really low tender and somebody grabs him and they want another, you know, potential safety guy who can also be a slot guy. I think Lucas Dennis gives you that, whereas Saquon Hampton's more of a true free safety. And if we get into a situation where Jabril Peppers becomes, you know, a, a popular feature as a nickel linebacker. Uh, they may want, you know, another true free safety back there if they split the field in half or something with Demarius Randall. And those are the type of guys where you can, you know, they're technically a package player, but they're really valuable and they really open up the amount of things that the defense can do. Well, I mean, it's what you got to have. I mean, and you want to have, you know, you know, 18 to 20 guys that you can rotate in with confidence that you trust their abilities. Um, and it's weird to say, guys, we are one day away, I mean, less than 24 hours, where the NFL Combine 2019 is going to be over. And it seems in the pro days, you know, it, but this period goes quickly. We will be to, you know, the Thursday night in Nashville before you know it. Obviously, we still got free agency, still got the trade window opening, <clears throat> obviously all of that stuff, guys. Um, but this part is this is when it it seems like it really picks up steam here, and before you know it, we'll be there, Pete. It's just it, it's crazy how once it's finalized, and you know, pro days obviously mean a lot for some of these guys who didn't do anything this weekend, or for some of the you know under the radar guys. But from now on, I mean, it it, it it's going to be really really fast before April twenty sixth. Yes, um, you know, <clears throat> it, it's irritating when you get a guy like Ed Oliver who doesn't do all of his workout stuff. But at the same time, and, and granted, it's not. I think Ed same. Oliver just threw the. I think he just threw the mic. You know what? Two eighty-seven, thirty-two reps. There are my jump numbers. Uh, you all knew I'm an athlete. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, but he but may deserve sense. it though for what he's gone through. He may deserve to do this for what he's he's had to go through. Linebacker, maybe, but, but uh, linebacker, you know, Pete. I, linebacker. I would, I, I would well. The thing is, he's like, yeah, I am athletic enough to play linebacker. I wouldn't blame anyone see, who that's thought a, of me as linebacker. See, I but that's to. that's good agent. Yeah. That's where an agent comes in. Good, take it right. and run with it. Don't you know? Take it for fire, polite, polite style. But yeah, I mean, you want an apples to apples comparison. Certainly, you'd rather Ed Oliver or you know. And unfortunately, we got to wait for Jalen Ferguson because they wouldn't let him run and stuff. Come on, um, dude. You got an argument with a guy at a McDonald's seven years uh, ago, whatever. But in any case, you know, it's irritating that you don't have that instant feedback like you do with a lot of these players, but it will go fast. We'll have that data pretty quickly. Uh, honestly, it just becomes a question of when are they going to, you know, when does it get out from the pro day, which can be an irritating process. Right. Um, and then the other part that's going to happen is is the the flood of guys who, are, who, who either didn't get invited to this, like Michael Dogby. Uh, who we both really like. Yes. Um, and some of these other guys, or small school guys that were really off the radar, uh, you know, those numbers start coming in, and you, then you go back to the tape on those guys. Or they're legitimately a guy you've never heard of, and you're going to go find, you know, some Canadian school's tape uh, of a guy who... who Six foot four, 275, and ran a four four nine. Yeah, out of Regina, who who's now an All Pro for the Chicago Bears, like that, you yep. know that, that that type of thing. So yeah, it will go quickly. Um, you know, we'll get to April, and and as much as you like, you know, from our standpoint, as much as you can't wait for it to be over, it also feels like you don't have enough time. So it's going to be fun. There's going to be 
you know, between then and now, nonstop stuff to talk about, which is always fun, uh, and certainly looking forward to that stuff. But yeah, and some of the some of this is just you know information overload where you can't even process uh, how mu- how much has gone on with everything, and you're just trying to catch up. Yeah, and because the last thing you need is like April 10th. Um, the last thing you need is a cornerback to add to your board or to dig film on. But it's blessed. It, it, it's this guy's. Um, yeah, as I've always told you, as much as I love doing the show, I the draft is one thing I will forever love, and I know Pete's the same way. It's just, it's covering three hundred to five hundred guys and getting into them and finding out stuff about them, and you know, some of these guys are going to turn out to be absolute gold, and they're going to be guys we're going to talk about for twelve years. Some of them are going to be uh like Sean Open, like Kaiser Sose, whatever happened to you, those types of things. Um, guys, uh, anything, you know, you want from Pete over at NFL Spin Zone, uh, you know, obviously the, the work will continuously be, continue to be pumped out here. Um, the, so go ahead, follow Pete, follow him, uh, read the work over at NFL Spin Zone. The Lockdown Browns Twitter account, go ahead, follow it, uh, follow it over there. We keep it a follow back account. Guys, I appreciate you for everything you've done with the help, with the growth of the show. Ratings, reviews, and they always continue to help with that. Follow me personally, at Jeff, underscore LJ, underscore Lloyd. Um, it, this is a fun weekend. I, I, I enjoy it, and you guys have probably heard it in the last couple of shows because you want to see these guys with everything on the line, and whether it's Devin White in tears or you see uh, Tyree Jackson from Buffalo smiling his way through the entire thing. You know, you kind of get to know these kids, you know, without being there and seeing the type of guys that they are and how much this means to them, and they understand what's on the line, which makes this weekend all the more greater. Looking forward to tomorrow night's episode where we get to talk to defensive backs. Going to be a blast as that as well. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.